Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Once again, my name is Spears, and once again, I've got Zach and Ben with me tonight. Zach, how's it going? It's going good. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's good. Ben, how are you? Equally good. All right. Well, we ran Enjoy a poll uh, on Twitter. I'm, I'm glad to hear that in, in, in your life. We, uh, we ran a poll on Twitter to see what we should talk about, and um the majority of voters said uh, only basketball, um, but apparently Zach wants to talk about something else. So uh, I take it away, Zach. I guess. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna briefly touch on football uh, to Pierce's chagrin. Voice of the people is with me. See, it was forty eight percent only basketball at the time I see of 50%. recording. You see fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fake news. Um, One hundred and nineteen votes. <laughs> I see 122 votes, so oh, obviously oh, more have, oh, the mail-in oh, ballots have come in. <laughs> oh, gosh. I see, now I see 122. All right. Yeah. yeah um, these go. jokes aren't funny on this <laughs> day particularly. Yes. Oh, we're well, recording gallows on humor. Gallows humor, I assume. All right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about football. I, I'm with the people. You can talk about football. Go for it. Um. Well, uh, in that case... um. Uh, UVA lost to number 17 UNC on Saturday, 31 to 28, I believe was the final score. Um, as the Who's played without their top three wide receivers in Lavelle Davis Jr., Dontavion Wicks, and Keaton Thompson, and were still able to score four touchdowns, going four for four in the red zone um, against a very mediocre to bad North Carolina defense. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ben, did you have general thoughts on the game? Was it encouraging to at least see UVA compete against a, a ranked team that is now 8-1 on the season that has something going for them? Or was this just like, whatever, it's a loss? It was actually kind of surreal how I was watching the game and we were winning and we were still winning and at halftime we were winning and we continued to make a decent amount of good plays throughout most of the game maybe not the third quarter but most of the game and yet i never really felt like we had any chance of beating north carolina i do think my biggest takeaway from the game is how the team lost these three wide receivers who we thought would be like the heart and soul of this team's offense none of them played and the offense comes out and has probably their 
best game of the season, I would say. I think that can be encouraging or concerning, depending on how you look at it. I lean towards concerning, although I'm sure Zach, ever the optimist, might defend our wide receiver fill-ins for the good day that they had. Um, But yeah, as you said, 28 points, four for four on scoring in the red zone. Not bad. Uh, Certainly a more encouraging outing than some of the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, to to some degree, it was just nice to see skill position players make plays that they should have been making. I mean, Sean Wilson had a couple of drops, but like there were just, I mean, Sackett Wood had whatever, 96 yards and eight catches or something and, and should have had a touchdown. But, and it was just sort of encouraging to see like some youthfulness and just sort of some like exciting play. The offensive line played really well. Again, UNC's defense is the reason that they're not whatever nine and oh and like actually looking at something serious in the postseason. Um, so you know, sort of take take everything with a yeah, just take that into account. Um, and UVA is now three and six, which stinks. They have to win their last three to clinch bowl eligibility, playing home against Pitt this weekend, home against Coastal Carolina the following weekend, and then at tech. I don't see it happening. I don't think many people do see it happening. It's at least worth noting that the possibility is still there. It's probably more likely that UVA finishes the season three and nine or four and eight. Um, but I think that's we're just gonna leave it at that for football. Uh we're recording on Tuesday and uh UVA basketball beat NC Central 73. No, no, if we're talking basketball, I'm coming I'm I'm back. I'm here. Okay, I go. <laughs> I'm sick of hosting this. Uh you did admirably, Zach. Um basketball isn't it nice isn't it nice that that everyone's favorite sport is here the men's and women's teams hosted home openers season openers in the john paul jones arena yesterday both came away victorious it's nice to see a lot of energy around uh the women's team um with the new coach i mean the program bringing in uh sam brunell from from green county from notre dame former five-star recruit coming home to play for the who's uh, getting a lot of traction on the recruiting trail recently as well as coach Mox and spirits are high and that's awesome I mean this is this is a historically a program that until the Tony Bennett era th- this was Virginia's better basketball program you know in, in recent history I mean um, it's 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 really nice when both teams are competitive and, and doing well so hopefully coach Mox has that um, ship pointed uh, in that direction and they started things off with a win over it was GW, right? But the, yeah. the men's team later in the evening, uh, a classic 9 p.m. tip on a Monday night, uh, which you know, these two these two young college lads probably had no issues with, but us baby boomers uh in the crowd were were facing uh, a, a later bedtime than, than we're used to. But um, the Who's had, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you guys, I walked away being really impressed with NC Central, and I'm not the, like, making excuses type for for tough games or anything like that. Um, I just really thought they were pretty darn good, especially that, that one guard. Um, but I know, Ben, before we started uh, recording, we were talking about you know, shaking off the rust a little bit. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of positives and negatives we can go over. But um, would you? How much rust did you see, Ben? I'll put it that way. I think 
the most obvious part of the game where it looked like things really slowed down and it looked like the worst of the lethargic offense and team in general that we saw last season kind of reared its head at the start of the second half. Uh, It looked like the who's came out of the locker room a little bit, just not really interested in getting into anything offensively. A lot of not really looking to score a lot of, the biggest problems that we saw with the team last year. And it was encouraging that they were able to turn it around. And I agree with what you said about NC Central. I think they played a really, really nice game. I think they took a lot of punches from Virginia and And the refs just kept and kept. (laughs) Yeah. Coming down and hitting some really tough shots just over and over. It seemed like they had an answer for every Virginia run. And sometimes with these early season games, you kind of expect, to just go on a 13 to two run and just put a team away and have them sort of remember that they're supposed to lose this game. And that never really happened for NC central. And I think you can use that as an indictment of this Virginia team. I think that's wrong. It's been one game. There's obviously a lot to see. And I think it reflects more positively on NC central than it does negatively on Virginia. Overall, I think the jury's still out on mm-hmm. how much we know about how good this Virginia team's going to be. Well, there's there's some clear positives, but I think maybe just to start with with the negative and and then finish for a lot more content on on the happier side of things. Uh, you know what you're alluding to, of course, is that this this visiting, uh, you know, not you know directional, not, not as, a, as a school, like not 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 someone anywhere looked at the schedule and went, oh, that's going to be a premier out of conference game they they came in and had the lead with what 14 21 to go in the second half they scored uh i think it was an eight point run i remember it was two quick threes and then a, a, a transition bucket to make it 44 43 and then the who's did finally go immediately thereafter on a bit of a run that, that, that spaced it out for the rest of the, the second half. And so I think at that moment, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for the most pessimistic out there, but I doubt anyone was going, Oh gosh, it's just like the Navy game last year. Cause that wasn't what we were seeing even with Virginia having the team um, in, in C central come back or keep it close. Like we weren't seeing the struggles to score that we were seeing in that Navy game last year. So you know, you're watching that Navy game in the opener last year and you're going, Oh wow. They're just missing everything. Navy might actually win this and ended up, you know, with a narrow victory. This was more like, gosh, uh, we went through a little bit of a rut and this NC Central team's pretty good. If they keep hitting these threes, they might actually pull it out. And then Virginia answered right away. And uh, I think uh, the the main takeaway I've seen from that is Reese Beekman sort of hit another gear uh, in in that stretch in the middle of the second half. Um, Maybe, you know, I wouldn't say like lackadaisical or anything like that for his performance before that stretch but it definitely wasn't anything noteworthy or, or the most uh you know uh energetic inspiring Reese performance in the first half so Zach when you when you look at Reese as like that person that we've seen or we've said all off season, you know we're gonna go as as his star performance goes this is sort of a clear illustration of that uh do you think or or just you know the, the as we work through the rotation and this depth chart some guys are gonna you know it's gonna it's gonna go in and out who's the star performer night tonight yeah I think um I think you know the reason that we talk about Reese as that guy is because 
him and Caden probably in terms of non-freshmen it's hard to count on right now they probably have the highest potential and so it's sort of like if Reese can be that guy then he can take this team places I think he had four turnovers in this game that's really uncommon I mean I we, we've we've talked about it in the past i mean he he led the acc in assist to turnover ratio last season mm. um and so i think only average maybe over one a game his his usage rate was up a little bit in this game uh compared to last season i believe um and then he was in early foul trouble and so like he just wasn't in the game he only played 26 minutes um and some of that goes to sort of the depth that the team has this year but sure um yeah i think he just didn't come out super hot he made two threes i think both of them might have been in the first no i think one was one was the uh, first the, shot of the game and then the other one was yeah in the second half yeah the, the second half one was huge too it was right. a pretty pivotal moment to like get that spacing that yes ben was talking he hit about. that yeah. three and then he had the steal which went uh i don't know if he dunked it or the, i think he dunked it mm-hmm. um and so you know when he has sort of when he does turn it on like that the whole team is just better um and it's sort of a question of can he do that consistently in half court play because there are times where it's just kind of like, man, like Reese can't really create for himself in the half court. Like, yeah, he can run ball screen stuff. He can create for others. Can he sort of find a way to score? And he had a couple mid-range pull-ups that were about an inch from going in, like two in particular that I was like, oh man, if those had fallen, we're talking about a different game from him. Because instead of scoring 10 points uh, with five assists, he's at 14 and shooting is better rather than three for seven. He's five for seven. Um and so I think that, you know, Reese just didn't, he just had some of that rust. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's anything to be super concerned about. I think Caden was really the guy who had a big jump from the first half. Uh, I think he had yeah. two first half points, like two rebounds and a steal. And in the second half, he went eight points, five rebounds, two blocks, steal. And you could see that on the court where when he sort of turned it on, um, the team played entirely differently especially defensively especially defensively right yeah and 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 some of that I think was probably a lot of what Central ran on offense so they run the pack line defense like or or some version of it Mm -hmm. so they have an idea of what the rotations are supposed to be and what I saw when rewatching this game is that they did really well at picking off ball where they knew UVA's rotations were going to be so they they sort of made it so that UVA's rotations were a step slower. That's why they got some more shots. Then obviously that's just part of offensive game planning in the sport of basketball, but they were really smart with where they had screens being set, which kind of caught some of UVA's guys off guard early. I think there was a slight adjustment there, or at least an awareness of, hey, you got to be looking out for this, even when you're just like starting to close out to somebody um, in the second half. And I think that that's sort of maybe where some of that change or that shift came from Caden um, on, on that front. But yeah, I mean, I was pretty encouraged by this game, despite them only winning by 12. I think that this game is more, it's a sign of this team's floor being higher than last season's yeah. team. Because even when Jaden Gardner, your leading scorer, doesn't make a field goal, you yeah, can still put up 73 yep. points and 1.3 points per possession. And that's yeah. huge. Even when the offense isn't clicking and Franklin, it, the, the test for him is five, 10, 15, 20 games down the line. Is he going to shoot like this? Um, but well, having it, someone yeah. like Armand who can just give you instant offense by setting a pin down for him and having him shoot and make a contest contested three is huge when not much else is going right. When the three point shooting is what, you know, made the lead comfortable to begin with. Then, it, then the lead, you know, 
disappeared and then they got back in it on their defense i would say so not that they didn't hit a few important threes like we we mentioned um vanderplas uh was right there uh contributing that way too in the second half but ben uh you know we, we got a lot of guys to talk about i was going to bring up Jaden, but feel free to audible to whoever you wanted to i think the guy that I just want to give some flowers to is Armand Franklin. I know we yeah. hit on it a little bit. This was a really, really nice game from Armand, I thought. I We've talked about it. He was a streaky shooter last season. With that comes some games where you're hot and you're knocking down all your shots. What I don't think we saw last season from Armand that we did tonight was sort of the level of control operating within the flow of the offense. Mm-hmm. And just navigating those ball screens, the curling in the mover blocker, and specifically off ball, his really intentional movement. I think he drew four or five fouls on NC Central because they were just seven. Zach's saying he drew seven (laughs) fouls this game. That has to be a career high for him in the orange and blue. And he really, he's had games where he's been hot and knocked down some open looks. I've never seen him force the defense to key in on him the way he did mm-hmm. against NC central and still to finish to the g- degree that he was scoring and knocking down really tough shots, especially in the second half and seven of eight from the free throw line. You love to see. Yeah. I don't think, I think that's a career high for him in at Virginia, just really encouraging to see him be in control offensively and look, really comfortable within the scheme it was funny the free throw shooting um i don't know i guess came back to earth a little bit in the second half because they started so well and then they kept missing them in the second half and people around me were groaning like they're still shooting like 75 percent from the <laughs> from free throw line like it's gonna be all right guys uh, not not that uh, anyone ever wants to see them not go in but it, it made me laugh pretty hard um so Zach, back to Gardner though. I mean, do you think this is something indicative of, uh, well, first NC Central's defense, like the style that they're playing, maybe focusing, knowing the Gardner's the returning top scorer. Uh, to me, it says a little bit about the rotation and the, the and a benefit is the depth. So if he's not on, you know, the, there's other guys so to plug and play there. I don't think there's any th- concern no, or anything like no. that or or like, oh, this isn't Gardner's team. It very well could be still for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we we mentioned it in the the mailbag pod we did a couple weeks ago where just sort of the team's reliance on Gardner probably won't be as high this season. Sure. Um he was, and this is just sort of plus minus is is a tough stat, but he was the only UVA player who was in the minus category. He was minus one when on the floor. Meanwhile, Vanderplas was plus 10. Mm. Um, and I just think that in this game, it helped to have that shooting on the floor at the sure. four spot and just having Vanderplas be able to uh, spread the floor a little bit and, and, and do a little bit more playmaking and that that just sort of took a burden off the team uh, especially because there was some of that lackluster play that Ben touched t- uh, that Ben touched on early in the second half, where no one was really looking to score, and I think that that's sort of a problem where they just run mover blocker, and this is yeah huge issue last year where they just run it, and then there's seven seconds left in the shot clock, and it's like, well, somebody needs to put up a shot. Yeah, um, I think Jaden probably did get more attention um, from from Central. I mean, he, he got plenty last season. I think it just like there wasn't a need to force it to him because, you know, everything else was not everything else, but a lot of other stuff was working. And um, 
you have to be a little bit intentional with getting him the ball in the post. And I think that mm-hmm. the guards were definitely being more aggressive looking for sort of stuff on the outside rather than they were sort of feeding it into him. And he also just, yeah, I mean, we talked about the rust, but he also just looked a little bit off, looked a little bit like his shots weren't quite falling. A couple went in and out. Like he probably should have been two for four in this game. Um, and then we're talking about a different situation. He looked good defensively, fluid. Um, he had one really nice double team in the second half where I just, I, I turned to Caroline. I was like, he he wasn't doing that last year. Not at this time last year, definitely. Um, so he, he looks comfortable with it back there. It's big. I mean, Vanderplas being able to take those four minutes up matters for for sort of evaluating Gardner because you have a very they're not one-to-one but like six eight dudes who aren't going to be huge pluses defensively and it's focused on offense the trade-off there is going to be something that they play with all season long they only played small ball together for three minutes and I asked Bennett sort of about the two of them after the game and he was just sort of like yeah it's kind of game by game who's playing better and then like seeing he, he he's adamant that they can play together I'm still sort of questionable on that front. They did, I think it was mostly in the first half. They, I think they experiment, experimented with it like for a minute or two in the second. Um, but they were switching one through five at one point and got mm. scored on pretty badly because neither of those guys really should be guarding guards. But like you're trying to, you know, gain some advantage out of playing small. So they're still, they still need to figure that out. Um, but, you know, back to Gardner, he's going to be fine. He's going to yeah. have plenty of 15-point games. He's probably not going to be – he might not be the team's leading scorer. Um, it might be sort of like five guys are at nine to ten points. Um, but I don't think that – I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny after the game someone asked uh, Coach Bennett about um, uh, how quickly did Ben pick up the, you know, the, the, the defense or just the, the whole flow. And he said, well, you know – to transfer you're still new it hasn't been seamless it's like who, who are our most recent transfers well sam of course trey so happy for sam and trey coming in both those guys i was like gardner just transferred here i was like driving home in my car like <laughs> it's sort of just a clear example of of saying someone last year but anyway um i think uh, you know gardner just i think he's still going to be this the steady producer and this is just probably one of those down games with Ben what would you see with the rotation or or who might step up uh with regards to Gardner not to belabor the point I think one of the things that's going to result in his minutes sort of declining this season is that when he's on the floor he kind of has to be the guy offensively like when he's mm-hmm. on the floor you're playing Jaden Gardner offensive basketball you're getting him the ball in the mid-range you're letting him operate and last season, he was third-team All-ACC, and Virginia was a decent team playing Jaden Gardner basketball. It's certainly a play style. But Ben Vanderplas, on the other hand, can kind of take a step back and contributes a little more when he's not the primary option. Yeah. Which, and it's not it's not exclusive. It's not saying that Jaden Gardner can't do anything. I thought he did, one thing he did a great job of last night was getting those tip-back volleyball yeah. offensive rebounds. Oh, yeah. I think he slapped like three or four of them back, just creating extra possessions. And that's a way he can contribute when he's not getting the ball and having the chance to ISO in the low post. But I think that'll be a big thing going forward in terms of what he can contribute. While we're on the topic of the power forwards, I do think it's notable that Isaac Trout didn't get an opportunity to Mm -hmm. play. And with that, I think 
we can pivot a little bit to talking about the first years in general. Obviously, the good pivot away. Not Isaac Isaac McNeely got to come out play really big minutes yeah. compared to what I was expecting in his first game. I mean, I don't think did a first year play as many minutes as he did last night all season because I. I Doubt it. Last season, maybe I mean, Tane against Iowa. Yeah, I was gonna say Tane had like one game where, but it wasn't that much. I, I, if if I had to bet on it, I bet Tane's minutes were lower than Isaac's last night. Yeah, uh, but McNeely getting twenty three minutes and really looking like a guy who didn't look out of his element. I think would be my main takeaway. He didn't light the world on fire. He was one of four from three. They were all good looks. Some of them will fall some nights. Some of them won't. He had one bad turnover right when he came in, but a few of the guards had some bad turnovers against that little press that NC Central was running, so I wouldn't hold him too accountable for that. Mm. But I think we saw a lot of the stuff that had been hyped up about McNeely playing the pack line and the mover blocker in high school and being a college-ready player. I think it shone through in the fact that he could come on the floor and just give Virginia solid rotational minutes. Yeah. And... I think it's encouraging that they have at least one freshman who we know for sure is going to be a major contributor this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, Tane uh, played 21 minutes in that game against Iowa. Uh, so there you have it. Um, Zach, I know your buddy who's got next uh, mentioned that McNeely was uh, the high scorer in the secret scrimmage against UConn. Um, do you see that potential for him in this like, rotation of who's going to lead the team night you know if, if we got six seven guys who could all be the high scorer that night how how likely is we see some of those mcneely games in the regular season um i think he i mean he has he has to get hot from three i, yeah. I think that um and, and he touched on this when i talked to him at the, the media day last week he sort of said you know it's been an adjustment because playing in Poco, West Virginia, he was always the most athletic, the biggest, the fastest, um, the tallest guy on the floor, and that he sort of had to adapt to that not being the case. And I think you sort of saw that in his game a little bit last night, if you know what his game looks like or looked like in high school. Um, He didn't look super comfortable with his dribble, not like uncomfortable, but he wasn't really, he didn't want to sort of dribble more than three times going in any particular direction like he <laughs> wasn't trying to get downhill and that's fine like that, that's not what he should be expected he, he's he's on the floor to be a shooter right now um and i i just like published a like winners losers and i don't knows column um on the game but i put him in i don't knows simply and, and this is all within context because if you want to hold him to that higher standard of like could he be sort of a team leading scorer who's going to sort of change um change how this team works then you want more out of him that said as a freshman 23 minutes in your career opener that's legit i mean casey morsell played 26 but other than that like guys don't do that and then not (laughs) succeed like i just went through it but like guys that play that many minutes early for tony bennett especially with a team that has a lot of experience um whereas marcel like got funneled in when there was nobody else left to play guard um 
that that matters like that that means something that means that Bennett saw him light up light it up against whatever Maryland or whoever the other team was UConn I mean I was gonna say you can do it against UConn you can do it against anybody in the ACC as far as like physical you know D1 size etc oh yeah and he's got all that stuff it's just that he's it's not a difference maker for him right now it could be in two years um he needs to get hot from three other than that like he's he's got a little bit of a and I, I'm really not trying to be overly critical. He's got a little bit of a drop in his shot when he catches the ball and it's going up to shoot. He drops it a little bit, which I hadn't noticed before. Um, he went one for four. Two of those could have gone in. Um, and, and so I'm a little bit like not concerned or worried about it, but I think that's something that he, that him and Bennett have been working on and just getting his shot off a little bit quicker because he catches it, drops it, and then goes up with it to shoot. Um, so hopefully he can eliminate that. But I mean, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, it's what I said first. Like, if he's going to be a leading scorer, he's going to have to get hot from three, and then hopefully, as the season progresses, he'll get more comfortable, sort of as a scorer um, at all three levels, which he can be in his career. I hope no one sends him this because he's just going to hear the media. I love I, he's, he's no, he's, he's, he's going gonna, to be a very gonna, good. It's going to be gonna so suffer. freaking good. I'm it's just going to be this Zach Carey dude just just dogging on me. All <laughs> <that. laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's thinking similarly out there. Like oh, I could, you know, um, it's it's funny to see like I, uh, the energy for these home openers is so great, no matter who the opponent was, and and we're all like we we said in the off season, like oh gosh, with football's downturn, all the more like oh come on basketball, like. It is sort of nice to have the opener pass just to be like, okay, get get into a rhythm with these games. What's it, Monmouth and and Northern Iowa, and um, as we all know, the not not that either of those teams are bad, but the out of conference schedule really really jumps up. So we're going to learn a lot about um, maybe some expectations for where this this team this year is going uh soon uh we haven't talked about kihei yet so uh ben kihei clark i distinctly remember at his senior day <laughs> and yet comes out of the starting lineup and plays a basketball game no i mean jokes aside covid year using his, his eligibility kihei uh, as we talked a lot the rotation might be a little different with reese but uh, he's gonna play a ton and Last night, you know, he he had some good shots. He obviously played some good defense, had some good passes, but I thought you didn't see the, like, Kihei needs to get in the lane, although he did a a few times try and finish at the rim, and it didn't work. (laughs) And so you're you're like, okay, remember, this doesn't need to be the offense and shouldn't be the offense. Uh, You know, it it probably wasn't a a highlight reel game for Kihei, but I think there were were moments that we saw where he can, you know, be a really important player for this team and and contribute um, to their success really well. What did you see from him? Yeah, I think you're right that he's going to be the guy they go to when they really need a basket. I think with his experience, he's still that dude. You saw it when uh, NC Central took that 44-43 to lead the three-pointer that put Virginia back ahead was Kihei Clark sort of curling off the screen at the top of the key and just hitting a shot. And I think he's going to be that guy who goes and gets a bucket when Virginia needs it. I think that's not a great place to be in as a team. He was three for nine from the field, um, one of three from two-point range. He had two shots at the rim that didn't look particularly great, um, did knock down a very awkward mid-range where it's sort of jumping to the side, but 
knocked it down. Kudos to him for that. Hit two big threes. One of four from the line, which is not it was weird. Anything that you would expect to see. It was weird. I don't think it's like a trend. I think it was just a really weird one for four night that happens. Mm-hmm. He's a really good free throw shooter. He'll get back into form. But I'm a little worried in that this is a team who Kihei really should have controlled the game against. And I would have liked to see him sort of bring it to the NC Central press and their intense defense and sort of be a little craftier at sort of navigating, getting in the lane, breaking down the defense, doing those sorts of intangible uh, greasing the wheel type things that you expect from your fifth year point guard when you have them on the court for 34 minutes. And I worry if he can't have that sort of veteran impact against NC Central, what it may look like when the competition level steps up a little bit and you get teams who can sort of take advantage of his limitations a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, to that, like, we've seen what he can do in a really good way against, uh, you know, obviously Duke is the big example last year, but, uh, you know, over his career, it's it's funny how it, um, it ebbs and flows in, in his ability to break down a defense, just like, like you just said, um, we've seen it excel, we've seen it be completely stagnant, um, and, uh, you know, this, like Zach has pointed to, this isn't necessarily the need in this this year's team um it doesn't have to go through him right there's a lot of options for it to go through and so we'll see if that continues or if if, you know if it goes through him as a facilitator i think you know the offense is in really good shape but uh we'll we'll just have to see we haven't talked about kafaro yet and uh poppy the, the duality of poppy was on display just play after play like in quick succession i think the one that i the pair I really remember was uh, like muscling a ball away, turning around the paint and the, that soft touch he's always had finishing and then coming down the other end and just annihilating a guy for a foul call, <laughs> like just just running through, dude, you know, and um, no, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, welcome back. Um, and it was it was I, I would say a strong performance overall, though. I'm laughing just because he's the the big, strong physical presence out there on the you know it's it's like the jack salt days and uh and we saw um some of the highs and then of course some of the foul calls that, that come with that but you know like you said i think in your takeaway articles act that kafaro is going to be rotational or situational i forget the the adjective but i think it's going to be uh a steady rotation i mean i i think regardless of Caden's ascension or lack of ascension we're going to see plenty of the both of them at the five this year what what do you think yeah no i agree with that. i mean oh, he had 10 points in 10 minutes <laughs> i mean <laughs> he just, just went like, out there and was like mm, he was easily the most efficient guys. he was yeah. easily <laughs> the most efficient player on the court and had the second highest usage rating like he was a 27.8 percent that's only behind reese yeah, they couldn't um, stop him Four for five from the free throw line? Like, yes, I know. Like knock down free throw <laughs> yeah. shooter. And now UV's most efficient player is going to be out versus Monmouth because he's going to play with Team Argentina for oh, no. So I don't know Aww. what we're going to do. What? Um, yeah. Argentina? Yeah. Country over school? I don't like this one bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we might see a little bit of Isaac Trout or a little bit more small ball. So that'll be that makes uh, sense. fun to force UVA to, to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I, you know, you can't not love Poppy. And I think in a, 
you know, probably 10, 15 minutes is where he's going to stay solidly, like per game. I think, yeah. I think, uh, Caden, probably you want him closer to 30 minutes. Um, it, depending on how the small ball yeah. thing all works out. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, Poppy was good. And, and, and a couple of shots that he had bounce in will bounce out in coming weeks. And wow. some of the, Wow, I don't know about that. I, I think mean, he has great baby. touch around the rim. And... He has very good touch, but they also like hit the like side of the rim. You just got good to like... bounce off the backboard, man, and it usually That's goes good. in. And Poppy, his knows one this. dunk. This... I mean, I tweeted and people oh, that play the, yeah, the I mean, pass to him. Oh, that was crazy. Like, and he really and good. he took the contact with the left shoulder and then was like, "I'm just gonna slam it down with my right <laughs> hand here." That's not Jack Salt, man. Like, no, I'm not no, saying no. like he's. He's not better than Jack Salt was in this system, I don't think. But, like, he's got traits that are not Jack Salt. They're like sure. Jack Salt NC State ACC Tournament quarterfinals, <laughs> but not Jack Salt in any other iteration. I remember that game. Wait, you were, like, eight years old for that game. I don't know. 16, come on. <laughs> Double kidding. that. Sure. Uh, no, uh, you're spot on, of course, that they're, they're not equal. Uh, you know, they're, they're not a direct uh, carbon copy, but, you know, that physical presence particularly the def- the fouls where the refs are like just don't do that come on <laughs> you know it is is where i see the the big comparison but um like uh, i like his touch around the rim i think Caden could uh use some some of that um uh, seems like but uh anybody we haven't talked about tane only uh saw the floor for a couple minutes but i i could see that increasing i think you know we'll see uh, it, like like you've noted, wh- whoever's shooting well is probably the one that they want out there. If Franklin is having an off night, you might see uh, Tane get a get a shot at it. We'll we'll see. But um, any any missing like uh, you know Trout was the probably the most obvious, but um, didn't get to see any. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean the the news of Dunn or of, mm-hmm. sorry of Bond like the <laughs> yeah, yeah I wasn't confident in saying which one. <laughs> That's why I did it. It's it's the N and it's the D and the B, which are similar. It's the monosyllabic. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, whatever that means. Um (laughs) uh so the fact that he's likely to redshirt, and Bennett said in the radio clip, like, oh, we'll take it month by month. That means he's redshirting unless like the entire front court goes down. Right. Um done not redshirting, I think is interesting. I think it makes sense because he could crack the rotation at some point i think you're like um you're kind of looking at like a huff and hunter scenario not in the year that they redshirted but the year after that where like they could they sort of like i think that was that would have been the championship year Mm. okay wait now now i'm all over the place in my head (laughs) that's wrong that's wrong that the 2017 2018 year sorry Yes. Anyway, I'm all nothing happened that year. Yeah, no, nothing happened that year. Um, where they sort of, as ACC play sort of got going, you realize, oh, these guys give us something that we don't have on the rest of this team. And I think that we do sort of have depth at this point. UVA has eight to nine guys in the rotation. Um, but the, you know, there's, you never know. You never I think know. you're right, though. Happen. I think it's a it's a type of player skill set wise that they that we don't have in right. last night's rotation. So it would be interesting to see that, how that plays and, out. And done as that athletic right. defensive wing could be something. And I'm not saying he's going to be a lockdown defender in year one, but if you if you really if you're in a scenario against a Duke, a UNC, and, and, and or you know Baylor, whatever, and and you need that 
really right. athletic wing to try and just provide some length and quickness on the perimeter. He could be that guy. It's hard to see that, you know, only 15 or 20 games into his freshman season, but you never know. Um, Trout just needs to make a couple of shots and make Bennett fall in love with him. And then, well, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say about Trout, like, I think we should expect to see him play a lot of minutes in some games. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit to, to earn that. Uh, trust from the coach and i expect Mm -hmm. he will very soon um maybe like you said that might force the issue against monmouth anyway so um as far as uh, the depth chart goes there so we'll see well uh gentlemen thank you for letting me talk basketball i enjoyed your your few minutes without me um i i hope you did as well uh dear listeners i hope you enjoyed both parts uh we'll be back next week so we do have that monmouth game and the northern iowa game um i assume the football team is playing somebody as well zach if you want to i know they're playing yeah Pitt. i'm kidding Pitt, saturday at noon yeah yeah, yeah, yeah hey yeah, coastal yeah. carolina Boy. is a 3:30 kick hey so, oh we can sleep in look at yeah. that wow. some yeah. tailgating that doesn't have to start at 9 a.m <laughs> amazing uh, but yeah, stay tuned uh, to the blog streakingalon.com for uh, some coverage for both of those basketball games before we come and talk about it next week. Until everybody, uh, until then, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce. Go Hoos. <laughs>